Welcome back to Courtside, and now I have more time for the podcast. I'm more free. I can get things done. Before, I was a little bit busy with work and, of course, doing things for the papers that I work for, the blogs that I work for, and, of course, finals week, which was absolutely insane. But good news, I'm back, and I'm ready to talk some NBA basketball past the quarter part of the NBA season. And I'm really excited for this podcast itself. I mean, it's going to be basically right before the Christmas Day game, so we're going to talk about those games a little bit. Then the heating of the MVP race with Jokic making a statement. I'll talk about that in his specific career-binding game that keeps him still probably the most active player to have Wilt Chamberlain numbers, as weird as a stat that is. But we'll talk about that, talk about some of the hottest teams in the NBA. Some of them might surprise you. And then, of course, I got to talk a little bit about Boston, Los Angeles. That game was insane. Uh, We'll talk about that and more on this podcast. This episode of the Courtside Podcast is brought to you by YouTube channels Hiram Temptation and Captain Barbell, who make content on YouTube weekly. Captain Barbell, I know that he's been getting a lot of videos out there. I mean, if you're a huge Resident Evil fan, I suggest look at his most recent one that he actually came out with today, Resident Evil 2, Will I Survive? That one is hilarious. It gets better and better for the more time that spans through it. And then with Hiram Temptation, they got some things cooking right now. So they're not just doing Sonic content. They actually got some Overwatch stuff that they've recently done. So check that out on their YouTube channels, and of course, subscribe to the channels as well as this podcast. So to start off this podcast, I think I got to give credit when it's due, especially when it comes to the Eastern Conference, because the Eastern Conference, as crazy as it is, I mean, a majority of the teams in the top eight seeds, besides the Boston Celtics, are all on winning streaks so far. Milwaukee has two straight, Cleveland has four straight, even Atlanta has two straight, with Philadelphia with five straight. I mean, the entire Eastern Conference is hot and on fire, basically. However, the teams I really want to talk about, I think will be more or less as a surprise. Uh, the Orlando Magic is probably one of the teams that I definitely have to give the credit when it is due. They ended up going on the road to TD Garden recently and ended up beating the Celtics twice. Paulo Banchero has been phenomenal. He ended up getting, I believe, 30 points in one of those games. And in Bull Bull, who's averaging just about 12 points or 13 points, has been performing very well, and I mean, again, I mean, you know, the Magic, young guys, maybe it doesn't really work together, these guys as a team of chemistry, but they're growing at it, they're definitely growing at it, and the funny thing about it also is, speaking of Ball Ball, he's played so far this season, 32 games, now, that is tied with the most games he's played in a regular season in his NBA career, so I think Ball Ball, now we're going to see him fully, you know, included into a roster, healthy as it is, so, the kid out of Oregon, I mean, you never know. He might be a huge part for the Orlando Magic coming down the road. And I do have to talk about, though, the hottest team in the NBA. And as I mentioned before, it's not Orlando, it's not Atlanta, it's not Milwaukee. However, the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks seem to be the hottest team in the NBA. Jalen Brunson leading the way right now as New York has a seven-game winning streak. And these aren't just, you know wins against nobodies. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe they got part of their winning streak, games against Charlotte, games against Sacramento. However, two times in Chicago, they beat out the Bulls. One of them was an overtime game, which I had to say was probably the best game we've had so far this season, besides the Los Angeles-Boston game, which we'll be talking about, of course. But Jalen Brunson in that game, crossing over 
Alex Caruso, the numbers, the only number six you ever see in a Bulls jersey as it gets retired after his career is done in Chicago, crosses number six, and they ended up winning that one in overtime as they extended their lead 128 to 120 over the Bulls December 14th, and follow that with a blowout win on December 16th in the same building. Jalen Brunson, a lot of people talk about his contract being overdue, overpaid. A lot of them talk about why would the Knicks do this? Why would the Knicks go into free agency, not look for a Kevin Durant type of player, not for a top priority type of player, Donovan Mitchell? Why would they go out of their way to get Jalen Brunson? Jalen Brunson, that backcourt in New York, I would have to say it's working fine. They didn't need anybody else. And I was a huge crit about the New York Knicks after this whole ordeal just because of how good the Cavs are. And again, maybe they did mess up. Maybe R.J. Barrett and a couple of picks and maybe one or two more guys get that deal done. Maybe the Knicks might be a top three team in the East. But on a seven-game win streak right now, New York has found themselves just in the middle of the pack at number six. They've found themselves not going for a play-in part, but now for a guaranteed playoff spot. And again, we're talking about December basketball early in the year. We're going near the halfway point. But the New York Knicks look real. They look real. Quentin Grimes, phenomenal. Right? R.J. Barrett, he's been improving every single time he's been on the court. Julius Randle, you get 20 pieces from him. You get 15 pieces from him. Still a double-digit scorer. He's not like some sort of like all-star guarantee. But maybe... You just give the benefit of the doubt and say the Knicks actually have a good starting five roster that could compete in the East. I mean, as of right now, I put them ahead of a lot of people right now in the East. I mean, I put them over Indiana, Atlanta. I might even put them over, if it was a seven-game series against Philadelphia, that, that would be interesting. And I understand Joel Embiid's a part of that, but the Knicks are climbing right now. And Philly themselves on a five-game win streak, I mean, they're not too far away. They're only a half a game ahead of New York. So the Knicks on a winning streak and their next game. Let me double check here what their next game is. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, yeah. It's going to be against the Golden State Warriors in Madison Square Garden. Today being December 20th. If they win that game, extend the win streak to eight. Because the next games really until the 27th of December, they're all going to be at home. And they're all going to be against competition that, again, you need a win against these teams. Golden State obviously will be a huge one, especially with the Golden State Warriors on a poor record on the road. And let alone, Curry's not going to be in that game either due to a shoulder injury, which sidelines him until basically January. So that could be a win for them. Then after that, they play Toronto the very next day in Madison Square Garden. That could be a win for them as well. Chicago. Beating Chicago three times in one month would be insane. I don't know if they'll be able to do it. But again, MSG in Madison Square Garden. The Christmas game against Philadelphia. And as I mentioned before, 76ers against the Knicks in a playoff series, which could possibly happen. You never know. That would be interesting to see that game. I think that will probably be the best game on Christmas Day, which I'll go into later on at the end of this episode. But, I mean, the Knicks are on fire. and It really does not seem like they're going to slow down anytime soon. In close matchups, they've been able to push themselves away. And during this win streak, they've been blowing out teams. For example, they start off this win streak with a double-digit win against Cleveland in Madison Square Garden, winning by 11 points, right, 92-81. The next game, Atlanta, blow them out. The next game, Charlotte, blow them out. Sacramento, they win by 13. 
the close one in Chicago that went to overtime, and then they blow them out the next two days after that. The Pacers game they actually had recently on the 18th, and that was in Indiana, that was a really close one. Only 109 to 106 victory for the Knicks. But again, I mean they've been able to execute late and throughout this entire win streak, they've been blowing out teams. They've been on fire. And you gotta give the credit when the credit's due. So I think New York Knicks, right now the hottest team in the NBA and with the Eastern Conference, I mean, everyone's on a win streak. As I mentioned before, the Miami Heat, four game win streak. Right? During this win streak, they have Udonis Haslam starting games. And UD, I mean, he's in his 20th year. He's got to be like, I don't even know what, 41, 40-something. He literally has patches in the hair right now. And he's starting games. It's insane. Tyler Hero got a 41-piece career high against OKC. Insane. Insane. So the Miami Heat are one of many teams right now on winning streaks. And it's hard to say. The East... More competitive than the Western Conference, where I think the Memphis Grizzlies are finally waking themselves up to, you know, push aside everybody right now. The Grizzlies lead in the Western Conference. And, I mean, the Pelicans were up there for a long time, but the Pels have lost four straight as Memphis is now at the number one seed. 19 wins, 10 losses. Right behind them, Denver and Phoenix. Just about similar records for both of them, only a game back behind Memphis. And... Now we go into, because speaking of Denver, for those who have not heard about Nikola Jokic and his ridiculous game against the Charlotte Hornets not too long ago, hear this stat line. 40 points, 10 assists, and 27 rebounds. You heard that right. 27 rebounds. He becomes one of, and again, the only other person to really do this was Wilt Chamberlain, is the only other player with at least 40 points, 27 rebounds, and 10 assists in NBA game regular season. That is insane. That is insane. And the last person to do it again, Wilt Chamberlain, he did that in 1968 for Philadelphia Warriors, which, of course, they recall back then. So to see him put these type of numbers is ridiculous. And it also puts into an ideal, does he have another MVP in him? Does the NBA give him a third most valuable player award. Is it possible? Is it possible? And with these stat lines, it's hard to argue. The Denver Nuggets right now, and again, phenomenal roster. Bones, Murray's now back. It's a great roster, but it's not like in the Western Conference. It's not like anybody expected Denver to be over Memphis, to be them be over Phoenix, to them be over a healthy Clippers team. And right now the Clippers are slowly climbing back up. They're right now at 18 and 14 record as of today. I wasn't expecting Denver to be this good at this point in the season. I mean, maybe a great start, but maybe they pull Washington Wizards and lose 10 straight games later on after having, you know, a top five seeding after two weeks in the NBA season. Denver's real. The MVP race, it's getting tight right now. I still think that Tatum is still above Jokic as of this point, especially with the two recent games that the Celtics have had. They ended up having two losses against the Orlando Magic, which I mentioned before. The only team out of the first eight in the Eastern Conference that has a losing streak. But that Sunday game they played against the Magic, which was a really close one. I believe it was a 95-92 loss for the Celtics. Tatum was not playing that day. And for whatever reason it was, I believe it was a minor injury. He'll probably be back later on. He was not playing that day. 
if you give Jason Tatum the MVP award, I don't think a single person would argue. From the Celtics, overall this season, have been a phenomenal team. You know, definitely a big improvement from the way they started this season compared to where they are now. Not a lot of people have the Celtics. Again, Celtics being the team to beat to start the year. We're coming in with the coaching issues, coming with Robert Williams being injured and not, you know, being played out. Start of this year, had Derek White starting a lot of games, had Blake Griffin starting a lot of games. It works. The system works for Boston. However, Jason Tatum has been the huge part when it comes to crunch time games. When it comes to games like, for example, now I'll go into the Los Angeles Celtics game that happened. The game went to overtime because of Jason Tatum. A game where the Celtics were up by 22 points and then were down by 13 points in the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum helped them rally back late in that fourth quarter. Jason Tatum scored 44 points in that game. And sure, he wasn't alone. Jalen Brown added, you know, five of his 25 points in overtime, which did help out the Celtics lead away from an exhausted Lakers team, which had Anthony Davis making 37 points in that game and 12 rebounds for his double-double. But again, Jason Tatum, there's been points in this season where he's been scoring in bunches. He's been part of making... I mean, these runs, these score runs by himself the rest of the entire season. I think he's averaging just about around 30 points a game. I mean, he's a huge part of the reason why the Celtics are not only a dominant team in the NBA, but also one of the best squads out there in the Eastern Conference alone. And sure, Milwaukee right now controls the number one seed. And for obvious reasons, Giannis has been phenomenal. They actually had a huge win against the Pelicans the other night. But Jason Tatum is what making the Celtics who they are right now. You got other players like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and now Robert Williams is back. But you take Tatum away, they can't win those games where, I mean, for example, the Orlando Magic game. When Paulo is going off, you need another player to get off with him on the other squad. If not, I mean, we're going to see a repeat of the last three games we saw in the NBA Finals last year, where the Celtics had to, you know, lock down on defense because they're scoring was never going to get there. And it didn't work, especially when a player like Stephen Curry is going for 30 points a game like that in his remaining games. Paulo Banchero blew out the Celtics in this one, and nobody on Boston, despite losing by only three, nobody on Boston was able to really match him. And that's the issue in those crunch time games. You need Jason Tatum for that. Jalen Brown, he does that night to night maybe. But Jason Tatum, he's like a guarantee, almost to a guarantee. So the Celtics with Jason Tatum, obviously I think that he's going to be still leading the MVP race right now. I think Jokic is sliding right behind him. Maybe you make an argument for Giannis Antetokounmpo, but I think Jokic right now is second MVP race. Luka is getting there. However, I think that the way that the NBA, and specifically how the NBA really does their award system, they look at the guys with the best records. And the Dallas Mavericks right now, I mean, I'm looking right now, now, the standings in the Western Conference, Dallas, they're 10th, 15 and 16, and a lot of them are heartbreaking games. A lot of them is by Luka Doncic and die by Luka Doncic. So it's hard for me to really say that Luka does win this award this season, depending on how their season ends. You never know. You never know. But with that, I think we should now move on to the next point of this podcast. 
And of course, that being what I mentioned before with Boston and the Lakers game. Anthony Davis going off in that one. Well, now he'll be sidelined due to an injury, at least for a month. At least for a month. He has a right foot injury, which he suffered against the Denver Nuggets on December 16th. And he'll be gone for a month. Davis was leading the Lakers actually with two categories. One in points, him averaging right now 27.4 points a game. And also on rebounds, 12.1 rebounds a game. Does the Lakers start trending downhill? Do they start to trend downhill? I believe so. I think that Anthony Davis is, and again, I know, understand LeBron's on the team, but I think Anthony Davis was kind of the anchor for that team to keep them, you know, in the hunt, to keep them at least alive right now instead of being, you know, one of the worst teams in the Western Conference, the way they were looking like to start off the year. The Los Angeles Lakers without Anthony Davis, to give, to give you an idea exactly what the road's going to look like for them in the future, they'll be on the road against Sacramento, then followed by a home game against Charlotte, should be a win. And then afterwards, you got yourself a five-game road trip. You got to go to Dallas for Christmas Day. You got to go to Orlando, Miami, Atlanta, and Charlotte again, January 2nd. And maybe, just maybe, Anthony Davis does come back a little bit earlier than his timetable tells him. I mean, the Lakers right there, and again, they just actually came off a loss yesterday against the Phoenix Suns, where they lost 130 to 104 on the road. Maybe they don't really get more than two to three wins from that road stand, right? Maybe in the month of December, they lose out the remaining games, and they drop way past themselves to even pick themselves up for the remainder of the season. Because all it takes right now, especially in the NBA, is a few losses here and there and you're behind the ball going deep in the season. That's all it takes. Maybe a five-game losing streak is all it takes to put this Lakers team out of bed. And the worst part about it, their top offensive player won't be there for it in Anthony Davis. So if you're a Laker fan out there and you're listening to this, I'm going to let you know right now, do not be surprised if the Lakers have a hard time in Miami. Do not be surprised if the Lakers have a hard time in Atlanta. And definitely... Do not be surprised if Anthony Davis doesn't come back in early January that you won't be able to have wins against Denver nor Dallas. And, let alone, Joel Embiid will be in Los Angeles on the 15th of January. If I'm not able to see a Joel Embiid versus Anthony Davis matchup, I'll be pretty pissed off. I'll be pretty mad. I want to see that. I think for any of these squads, it's big men are making the the noise in the in the paint. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see Joel Embiid against Anthony Davis. I want to see that matchup on live TV. Knowing that that game is going to be, let me see here, well, on NBA TV, so technically a nationally broadcasted game. But still, I want to see that. I want to see that. So hopefully Anthony Davis comes back from that right foot injury. And for the Lakers' sake, hopefully he comes back sooner than later. Because Thomas Bryant is most likely going to be their starter in his place. That's a huge drop. That's a huge drop. No, no, no offense to Bryant, but huge drop. And the last part for this podcast, I want to talk a little bit about Christmas Day predictions and the games for Christmas Day. Now, to start off on Christmas, we have the Knicks against Philadelphia. That game will actually be played in Madison Square Garden. I believe I said that earlier in the podcast. That game, I think that's like a huge, like, I'm not saying, again, I'd I love to see that matchup. I think that's a potential playoff matchup. Philadelphia versus New York. But they get the Knicks on Christmas. 
that's going to be a big game to watch. I'm watching that besides the NFL games. I mean, still, I hate the fact that the NFL schedule has it that they have three primetime games on Christmas Day. Football is a Thanksgiving sport. Said and done, that's it. Basketball is Christmas. That is literally all Christmas Day. It's just straight basketball. Hot matchup in basketball. Christmas Day. Why would the NFL go out of their way to move all their games on Saturday to have three games primetime on Christmas Day? No idea. Either way, they won't be able to compete with it because the Knicks 76er game will definitely be an eye-opening game in the Eastern Conference. It'll let them know that this James Harden 76ers right now on a winning streak. Do they compete against a red-hot Knicks team in Madison Square Garden? I don't believe so. I have the Knicks winning that one in a close one. It's going to be one of the best Christmas Day games of this year. Followed by that, the Mavericks hosting the Lakers at 2.30 p.m. And this will, of course, not have Anthony Davis. Lakers will not have a chance in this game. Luka Doncic goes insane. You might even see some Christian Wood minutes in probably a double-double maybe for him. Knowing that Thomas Bryant will have to be able to guard him in the front court. Lower cleaning the paint. I don't have a lot of faith in that game for the Lakers. I got Mavericks winning that one big. Then, followed by that, the Boston Celtics at home in TD Garden going against the Milwaukee Bucks. And now, Celtics, two straight losses against Orlando. Looking kind of shaky, but at the same time, you're not expecting to have teams be 100% nor be the best part of the basketball every single night throughout an 82 game season. However, I do have the Celtics winning this one. It's going to be very tight. I think Giannis is going to go insane. And as funny as it is, this has been, what, three years straight that the Celtics-Milwaukee Bucks have faced on Christmas Day. The last time, Celtics had a huge lead. And then the Bucks came out of nowhere to take it back. But I do have this game going a different fashion from last year. Honestly, if you're a betting guy, take the over in this one. I think Tatum and Giannis both going for 40 points in this one. Drew Holiday going against Jalen Brown will definitely be interesting. Maybe even goes on to Marcus Smart, depending on who's on the floor that day. But that will definitely be a primetime game to watch. Celtics against Bucks going to be a tight one. I think the Celtics take that one out. That game followed by probably one of the most newest rivalries in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors hosting the Grizzlies. And again, a game without Stephen Curry. However, heavy tensions from last year's second round playoff matchup. Where we saw John Morant, you know, having some injuries, going into that series, and then missing the remaining games in that series where Memphis ended up losing in six games against Golden State. And people can argue. Who knows? Maybe Memphis, if they had John Morant throughout that entire series, would have been able to shut down Golden State, be able to go on to the next round, and possibly the NBA Finals. Who knows? But this will definitely be a game that will be played in the Chase Center over there at the Bay. And I do have the Grizzlies winning this one. I think they're just... I mean, if not one of the best teams in the NBA, the best team in the NBA. That one should be an easy Grizzly win. And then that will be followed by the 10-30 West Coast game. Well, not really West Coast. However, Western Conference. Um, the Denver Nuggets going against the Phoenix Suns. And this will be a game played in Denver. And surprising enough, this is a really rare Christmas Day game for the Denver Nuggets. They're not really known to host Christmas Day games. I think the last one they hosted might have been in 2019, I believe. I think it was against the Pelicans. But the Denver Nuggets will be hosting the Phoenix Suns and both of these teams in the top three standings in the Western Conference. That being as of right now, Denver at number two and Phoenix. The game 
well, just about almost tied. Maybe you can argue for like half a game or whatnot. But Phoenix number three right behind Denver, bringing down their necks. In this game, I would have to say will be a heavyweight matchup. Right now, the Denver Nuggets, eighth overall in the NBA in total points scored per game as a team. And then the Phoenix Suns ahead of them at seventh, just about averaging close to the exact same number that the Denver Nuggets have at 115.8 points a game. But Devin Booker is averaging 28 points a game this season, seventh year in the NBA. He's getting close to his prime, right? The Phoenix Suns, they have a young roster and a roster that's been to the NBA Finals. And you can probably argue whatever you want, but even though Phoenix has had some bruising streaks here and there, they have had games against top competition where they haven't been able to compete. When you look at the roster, you can tell this team is bound to make a playoff round. This team is bound to not be messed around with. However, look at Denver. Jamal Murray now back with basically so far a full season for the Denver Nuggets after dealing with injuries for the past few years. He's averaging at least 17.5 points a game, five assists a game. And you look at from this season alone, 30 minutes a game. Now, as crazy as it is, that is the second least amount of minutes he's averaged in a season since his rookie year in 2016-2017. 30.8 minutes a game to be exact. Jamal Murray, coming after some injury things going on with him, lower body, he's now back in full strength. And I feel like this Denver Nuggets team, who you could say was not you know, looking like a dominant force to start the year, they're on a high rise right now. And they're looking to really take over the Western Conference. And again, Memphis is on top. But Denver's right behind them, a game behind. And I think that this game has implication of a potential Western Conference Finals matchup. And if I would take this two in a series, I think that Denver wins it. And that's the exact same feeling I have with this Christmas Day game being played in Denver. I think Jokic goes off. I think Murray goes off. I think that right now with Phoenix dealing with some injuries, players being, you know, game-time decisions right now. I think that, I mean, the depth and the bench, the advantage goes to Denver. And I really do feel like Denver ends up winning this one in not a double-digit win, but definitely, let's say, six, eight points. I don't know how the betting odds are looking like right now. But I think that Denver won't really be the favorites the way that the Phoenix Suns are playing right now. I think they're top ten in, like, all categories as a team in points. Uh you know, opposing opponent points, assists per game, rebounds per game. But I honestly do feel like that Denver as a team matchups very well against Phoenix, and they should be able to win that one at home in Denver. And that would be basically the end of this podcast. I think the last thing I would want to say, and for these podcasts, I usually kind of focus on NBA stuff. But I have to say congratulations to the Argentinian national team for winning the World Cup and probably giving us one of the best World Cup finals that we've ever had. For me personally, for I've ever seen. I mean, I was on Hollywood Beach watching with a bunch of friends at a bar or whatnot. You have this big TV there. Everybody's there decked out in the blue and white. One guy was maybe, you know, cheering for France. You don't really see that a lot in the Western Hemisphere. But it was definitely a high-tense game. It was ridiculous. One of the best finals I've ever seen in sports. Now, when I put it over the 2016 Cavaliers Game 7 Finals, against the Golden State Warriors. I don't know about that, but it was definitely up there. 
Argentina, congratulations on a huge World Cup. Don't know if I'll ever be paying attention to soccer after that, but I'll definitely be keep on giving you more news and breakdowns of the NBA season, and I'll be seeing you guys on the next podcast.